Hello, and welcome to the Bigger Than Us podcast. I'm your host, Raj Daniels, and today I'd like to welcome Lauren Clark to the show. Lauren Clark is the CEO and founder of Turn Compost. Turn is a DFW-based social enterprise with a vision to change how our urban environment is utilized. Turn works with consumers, businesses, and nonprofits in ways which support sustainable development within our communities. Lauren's experience in culinary school and the Texas A&M Master Gardener program opened her eyes to the whole issue of food waste and how horrible it is in our environment. Lauren, how are you doing today? Hello, Raj. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you for being on, Lauren. Lauren, I'd like to open the show by asking my guest the following question. If you were asked to share something interesting about yourself, what would it be? Wow. Great question. Um, My background ultimately actually growing up was in music. And uh, when I was little, I wanted to be a, um, a classical violinist. So, you know, I spent hours and hours a day practicing on my violin. I did get a degree in violin performance, um, but it's a far, far distance now from what I'm doing in the environmental sustainability space. But, you know, my core love was was actually in music. So I could nerd out for quite a long time talking about symphonic literature and concertos and and things like that. Well, you're the second musician in a row. I published an episode on Tuesday, and the gentleman's up in Toronto, and he's a bass guitarist, I believe. So two musicians in a row. How about that? And speaking of violin, there's a really, I think her name's Lindsay Turner. Am I correct? She's a phenomenal violinist. She's in Vegas. She does all kinds of acrobatics while playing the violin. Are you familiar with her? I'm not, but people have told me about someone like that, and that must be her. Um yeah, my hat's off to her. I cannot even imagine doing that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just a, such a mental feat to play. And it is a physical feat um, as well. But to use the rest of your body like that, I, can't, I just can't even mind it, imagine it. But I'll look that up. Thank you. Absolutely phen- phenomenal. And I'll send you a link offline. So, Lauren, you mentioned environmental. Can you please share with the audience something about your current endeavor that you're working on? Sure. Um, I am the founder and CEO of TURN. Uh, We are a Dallas-Fort Worth-based environmental business that benefits um, households and businesses while reducing their environmental impact. We have a subscription-based model that not only helps the environment, but it rewards those who join us. And we do that um, four ways, essentially. Turn transports organic waste to those who can responsibly recycle it. We do a bit of composting ourselves, um, so we actually provide nourishing compost to our members. Uh, we do a lot of community education on sustainability practices really related to the food cycle, and we've also launched a recent new endeavor where we're offering an online sustainability store to our clients, um, utilizing things like compostable products and locally sourced uh, food and plant items. So we do a number of things. Um, but Turn is, uh, you know, an environmental service and a uh, fairly new company. We've been in May. We'll be here in two years. So, you know, we're, we're very new in this space. So how have you seen the past two years from an interest perspective and a client perspective? We've learned, I've learned a great deal um, from launching this type of business in Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, I'm sure your audience and you know that DFW is uh 
the fourth largest metro area in the United States. And two years in a row, it's been the fastest growing metropolitan area. So we have a massive number of people. Um, So, you know, when you're approaching a large environmental idea or a cause, um, we've been trying to sort of break down our service into as hyper-local of a uh, service as possible and message people where they are. The, the, The response has been... I think tremendous because we're doing something really new, um, especially with regards to uh, our consumer-facing products. And so I'm, I'm very excited and encouraged about the enthusiasm and loyalty that our our consumer subscribers have. And you know, the corporate or uh, commercial side of our business is also rapidly growing. Um, you know, companies uh, recognize the growing demand for zero waste services and. We are definitely fitting a need by either large corporations or small businesses to help recycle their organic waste. It's sort of the last frontier, if you will, of of zero waste, I think. Can you share a little bit about the community education piece? Absolutely. Um, It's something that's very near and dear to my heart. I um, am a mother and I have uh, two kids at home, a five-year-old and 19-year-old, and I am a firm believer that the ultimate point of what we're doing and the ultimate um, success that any environmental business will, will have in the community is about connecting with people and it's about behavioral change. Um, and so what we actually want to do with turn is get people to start composting themselves at home. That is the goal is to create systemic change. So, you know, I teach classes in the community um, whether it be neighborhood associations or elementary school garden clubs um, last weekend, I spoke at a, a local um, workshop on food equity and poverty um, with some community garden managers. I am a huge proponent for um, education and for making these concepts very, very simple for people to understand. Um, the whole world of sustainability is a is a wide, um, complex, you know, industry now, <laughs> and so it's really important to me as a business leader to find ways to distill these ideas and to connect with people on them. Sounds really exciting, especially the community aspect and the education piece in the schools. Are you targeting elementary, middle, high schools, colleges? What's your target? You know, uh, we we actually, I would say that we've had more of a reactive strategy in terms of education. We have requests almost daily for for classes or come speak at this, you know, engagement. Um, I love actually talking to kids, um, and I, somehow I found a way to talk about composting to elementary school kids. Um, but then you also we get requests for major companies. Um, I spoke about composting at Perkins and Will, and there's you know 200 really really smart architects and engineers in the room. So you know you really have to be flexible in, in how you talk about these things. So uh, we don't really have a target per se on community education at this point. Uh, we just are responding to to requests that come in in the queue. I almost feel like you need an ambassador program. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna Help volunteer my that, children. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. I mean, ultimately, you know, there need to be disciples, if you will, or ambassadors to to start to translate these things in their own words to different communities. Um, so I love that idea. I totally agree. And the business side of my mind is almost thinking you know, franchising, but that's another conversation okay. I'm sure we can have later. <laughs> um, so, you know, the focus of the show is the why behind what you're doing, what, you know, turn, for example, 
is that you have an opportunity cost to doing this. You could be doing something else. Why? What drove you to launch Turn? I think that's the ultimate question for anything is why. Um, and I've thought about it long and hard because the work that I'm doing is is definitely challenging. <laughs> As many times I feel like I'm swimming upstream. So I, I have to constantly reevaluate and assess my why. Um, it, it came about at a sort of cross-section from myself personally and professionally. Um, the first thing is that I recognized a massive problem, um, and that was the volume and amount of food waste that is being thrown away and also uh, the environmental impact that that has, which is very, very negative in our environment. Um, so there is an environmental problem at a large scale, but there's also, I think, a cultural and uh, behavioral problem that I see us creating for ourselves in our relationship to food. So um, that was basically the first sort of aha that I had was uh, the awareness of the problem. The second, the second reason why is I think you know, I have a background in sort of marketing and consumer behavior, and um, I think there's a way to make this into a viable, valuable business. Um, we we ha- we demand uh, services to our doorstep daily. In fact, the last business that I worked on was a healthcare uh, to your doorstep business model. And sort of just thinking strategically about business models, I thought, let's take a stab at this. Why can't we make a delivery model for the environment? So, you know, the second dimension of why I'm doing this is because I think it is a a viable business moving forward. The food waste piece that you mentioned first, was that like an encounter you had or was it an aha moment sitting somewhere? Where did that come from? So I, you know, since I got married, I was able to start pursuing some passions, some personal passions uh, in cooking and gardening. I became a Dallas County Master Gardener. Um, for those of you in Texas, you know, realize that Texas A&M is our state's um, cooperative extension program. And I learned so much about sort of plant science and composting and the process of things breaking down. Um, I was also able to go to culinary school. And um, because I love cooking, I started taking a couple of classes. I ended up getting a culinary degree from a local college called El Centro College. And um, it was actually at culinary school when I we just would throw away just, you know, gallons and gallons and ultimately tons of food. Um, did I think about the connection of this should be, could be used for something else, right? Why are we throwing away this food? It's actually a resource. It's a fabulous resource that can be used to create compost. So um, it was through those intersections of, you know, food and, and gardening and my, my personal education that I, that I realized the, the problem. And then that's what led me to start looking at what are we doing in Dallas you know, at a, at a city level, what are other cities doing about food waste? Um, so that was a sort of, sort of, uh, the origin of the aha. You know, it sounds like a beautiful intersection, master gardener and culinary master gardener. What exactly is that? Yeah, it is. Um, it's a way for everyday people to basically, um, get a certification through Texas A&M. Um, that says, you know, you have met a certain number of education hours and volunteer experiences to become a certified Texas master gardener. Um, there's actually master gardener programs in, in all, every state in the, in the, uh, you know, 50 states of the U S, um, Texas master gardener program, I think is one of the largest. So why it's critically important is because 
Um, the program teaches you about what to do for horticulture and gardening in our area in Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, we are in USDA hardiness zone 8A, which means you shouldn't be planting like banana trees here, right? <laughs> Those are tropical plants. Uh, it's about teaching consumers and everyday people and equipping them with the knowledge to therefore educate others about best practices um, for, for plants. Uh, so you learn everything from what's our soil type, you know, how can you uh, responsibly use water? Um, what are the right types of plants that you can plant here locally? So it adapts, you know, global horticultural knowledge to our local environment. It's really, really important, actually, from an environmental sustainability perspective. Sounds really important. Now, with the compost, do you apply that to some of the gardening techniques you use yourself? Yes, I have actually been composting myself um, for the past 10 years. Um, when I met my husband, uh, I was living in New York City. I didn't have any space in my apartment. I had a tiny little stove. So gosh, when we got married and I had a real house and like dishwasher and dryer and all those luxuries and a backyard, the first thing I started doing was I'm going to start gardening So and start composting. And basically that evolved to so much trial and error on myself for, for myself personally on growing food and composting it. Um, I can honestly say that this probably sounds a bit crazy, but I've basically tried every sort of composting technique at home. Um, and right now in my backyard garden, actually, I do have several different ways that I compost. Um, and we could talk about that later or not, don't have to, but yeah, I'm, I've a, I'm a doer and, um, you know, I don't like talking about composting unless I've tried something myself. And that's another thing is, being honest with consumers and businesses about sort of the pros and cons of different ways of composting. I would love to hear about your personal composting, and oh, I think really? the audience would too. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. What kind of devices do you use? What What's the best thing right, to use? Well, Absolutely. I think I will start with the fact that we have urban chickens. So we live in the middle of, of Dallas, East Dallas, and uh, one great thing the city has done is allowed residents to have chickens. So a lot of the vegetative food scraps that we uh, produce in our household feeds them. Um, my backyard is um, actually entirely edible. So we have raised vegetable beds and fruit trees and everything in my home landscape um, is used ultimately to go back into those beds. So there's a style of composting called sheet composting or lasagna composting. And the idea is that you're just continually adding this good organic stuff that nature gives us throughout every season back to your vegetable bed. So, you know, we pruned our peach trees. Um, we got, we have an oak tree in the side yard, lots of leaves there. All of that was put back into my um, vegetable beds. Um, I don't really care how it looks. <laughs> the rain is breaking it down beautifully. And in the next couple of weeks, when I start planting, I've just basically added a, one, a wonderful layer of organic matter to my soil. Um, the other way that I, I compost is, uh, it's going to sound totally gross probably to a lot of your, your readers, but the, I know you all are in the energy space. Um, there's a lot of cool work being done with uh, a little creature called black soldier fly larvae. And uh, these guys love fatty meats and uh, Mexican food, leftover pepperoni pizza, um, so all of my sort of meats and dairies and stuff like that, that I don't want to put straight back out into my vegetable beds. Um, I put in a little pod, 
um, where the larvae eat them and then they pupate and they come out and feed my chickens. So I have a sort of circle of life, circular economy going on there. <laughs> um, so let, let me tell you, you're brilliant because last year in August, I know it's August, we had three calls in a row from overseas. Mm -hmm. Two were about cricket farming. And then one call came from Indonesia. And we spoke to this expert regarding yes. black soldier flies, BSF. And he was explaining to us how, yes, cricket is, cricket is a great source of protein and they're making, you know, cricket powder and um, they're making cricket bars now. But black soldier flies, the larvae are for chicken feed. And that's what they're using in Indonesia, in these farms in Indonesia. So absolutely yeah, on board that, with know, what you're saying. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. I think they have like 25% more protein than like mealworms, you know? Um, so there's so much cool research being done out there on BSFs as like a way not only to reduce waste, but to provide a food um, source for animals. The other two ways are sort of rather boring. And that's just, I have like a simple chicken wire container where I, I just stockpile my leaves and extra things throughout that I can, you know, use during the year. So um, that sort of is a an overview of how I compost at home. I think the overall point is that I use everything in my urban environment and my urban space. I don't waste it. You know, I don't put it, bag it up and put it out in the curb um, because I realize that through the process of what I've learned that these things are resources. They're not trash. And for everyone in New York that's listening, did you hear peach trees in the backyard? <laughs> yeah. So what device do you use for composting? Um, I use uh, my muscles and a pitchfork. <laughs> I don't have like a, I don't have a mechanical device. Um, I, I, I like to do the work myself. Um, I do have a thing called a tumbler, you know, and um, that's something that probably a lot of people use or have been sold at nurseries. Um, and that's just basically a cylindrical device that makes it easier to keep the organic matter in there and turn it. Um, but I don't have any like home biogas systems or any energy, energy reclamation <laughs> things <laughs> so speak mm -hmm. speaking of the tumbler if someone is thinking about getting one is there an odor or a smell from composting a common issue with odor is that your pile or your container doesn't have enough air or oxygen so if you're doing everything sort of correctly you really shouldn't have an odor um, odor happens with the fact that you don't have enough oxygen or perhaps you've put the wrong items in there. And I generally recommend to people at composting it at home to really not put meats and dairies and oils and fatty foods out in your compost, unless you're using like black soldier fly or Bokashi or something, because those, those meats and, and dairies can produce an, an unwanted, unwanted odor and attract unwanted visitors. <laughs> so is this something people can go to your website and learn more about from an education yes, standpoint? Yes, we, you know, one thing that we try to do is produce a lot of educational content that we distribute online. We have a blog. Um, we share things on social media. We try to make it fun and interesting. We just did a blog post on vermicomposting, which is composting with worms. And that's a fabulous way uh, to compost at home if you live in an apartment or a small space. So, our, you know, our website is turncompost.com. And um, we're on social on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And our handle is at turncompost. 
I'll put links to all of those in the show notes. So Lauren, I'd be remiss not to ask, what are your favorite things to grow? Oh, thank you. That's such a wonderful question. It's sort of like asking somebody, what's your favorite music? <laughs> um, I've gotten so much joy out of you know, my backyard sort of being a, a laboratory space for myself and, and growing things and trying to grow things and lots of failures. But the process has been so wonderful and so enriching for me. Um, I have a few staples that I've learned over the years work great. In the springtime, I love growing cucumbers, um, snap peas. I've got some onions and garlic growing right now. I just planted some potatoes. Um, you know, in the summertime, uh, I, I, I love plants that can take the heat. And they don't provide a lot of, uh, don't require a lot of sort of water and resources. Um, last year, I had a wonderful time growing amaranth, which is uh, a really beautiful grain. Um, the entire part of the plant is edible. I had so much fun growing that. Um, the peach trees and things like that are wonderful. We've got blackberries going on. Um, I guess I could talk for a long time about what I like to grow. <laughs> so do you ah, talk to your plants? I don't do that. <laughs> it, it's just me and you on the, on the recording here, so you can tell me do if you, you really? do. I talk to I mine, so I'll that. just tell you straight out. Tell me what you I do. I talk to my plants. All right, here we go, revelation time. I have two plants, one that I adopted about 15 years ago, and it, I'm not sh I'm sure what kind of tree it is. It's some indoor tree. It was left in a house, and someone gave it to me. It was about a foot and a half tall, and I'm going to refer to her as a she. She's probably 12 feet tall now, and I literally I, I water her Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings really early in the morning, and I go up to her and I stroke her leaves and I tell her that I love her and I kiss her leaves and I say, you know what? Thank you so much. She's brought me so much joy over the last 15 years since I've had her that that's, that's what I, I do with lovely. my plant. You know, um, I've heard about this and I, I, I know there's science out there about it. Um, I will say that this is sort of tangentially related to what you're saying. There's, and I've just become to understand the whole world of our soil and the universe beneath our feet. And uh, science and research around microbes, um, and basically my, even microbial communication. I and mean, this is going to sound, I know, way out there, <laughs> but um, you know, some people would say there's evidence that plants are communicating with each, with each other under the ground um, through the soil. And um, I, I think that's a really fascinating idea. There's a couple of really interesting TED talks regarding that about the roots of trees and how they communicate. And most recently, I heard that there's even conversations now about plants having really? consciousness. So I am, so I don't see a reason not to believe mm -hmm. it. So that's the camp I fall in, is that, you know, and perhaps a little off topic, but I think to think that we only have consciousness, I, I have a hard time believing that when it's been proven that every particle matter has some kind of uh, transmission, some kind of energy that comes off of it. And so I think it's hard to, for me, it's hard to believe that plants aren't talking to each other or communicating with each wow. other. Wow. I'll have to check that out. Thank you for mentioning that. I'll share those TED Talks with you. Um, they're, they're really amazing, some of the work that's going on regarding, especially the roots of trees and how they help each other and adopt each other and how they even have a wow. preference for their own kind as far as sending sending nutrients to their own kind first. So... So Lauren, I'd like to wrap the show with, 
if you could share some advice or words of wisdom with the audience, what would it be? Yeah, you know, um, for those of you who haven't composted before and think it sounds like an altogether disgusting idea, um, I would just want to encourage you by saying it is one of the, the basic ways that we can help our environment at home, um, either by recycling your food waste or just by thinking about producing less of it. So source reduction. Um, the second thing is, is if you're thinking about composting, don't be overwhelmed by it. Um, start simple. Start with one or two things, whether it be your coffee grinds or your eggshells, and throw them out into your garden. Don't stress out about it. Um, when you start gardening, composting, spending time outside, looking at how plants are growing, thinking about where your food is com coming from, connecting to that process, it really is going to change you and only do a lot of good in your life. I really appreciate that. You mentioned coffee grounds and I'm a French press guy every morning. So I take my coffee grounds oh, outside wonderful. and I pour them into the yard. And my wife always, always wonders why. And I said, look, I've heard it's good for the ground. So I'm doing it. Um, going back to earlier in the conversation mm -hmm. regarding actual education piece, you know, you mentioned coffee grounds. If someone were to actively take one or two steps besides coffee grounds, what else could they start doing? Yeah. I, I recommend, um, very simple, basic things. You know, you don't need to buy an expensive contraption. Start with, you know, a, a $10 roll of chicken wire or landscaping uh, material, fencing material. Get some clippers and create some sort of either square or cylindrical um, structure. I have one in my side yard. Um, and just start saving your leaves there. You know, leaves, coffee grinds, uh, eggshells. If the whole idea of food waste is sort of intimidating and disgusting, just start with something basic like leaves. Um, that small steps, small steps, I think is what I would recommend. That is really wonderful. Small, actionable steps. Lauren, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and I look forward oh, to yeah. coming by well, and seeing your yard Oh yeah, I'd love to have you over, Raj. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you.